It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar, we're at the fabulous Wayfair today on Ferret Street, a couple of blocks down from Napoleon Avenue, where they have featured for the summer a drink called the Frosé, which Thomas is drinking right now. Look, if you're looking at this on Facebook Live, look at that beautiful drink. It's a frozen cocktail made with dry rosé, vodka, Saint-Germain, Peychaud's bitters, lemon juice, and a house-made strawberry basil syrup. It's available for the whole summer here at the Fabulous Wayfair as well as a happy hour here for three hours every day and brunch on the weekends. Andrew Duhon is back from his travels. Andrew, welcome back. Thanks, buddy. Good what to see you. You haven't missed anything. Great. Just people sitting around drinking. Yep. Basically, that's what I you was also doing. have missed my pen, though, haven't you? You haven't seen this for oh, about no, a month. New? Oh, right. This no, is my pen one. made by Noel Pans, the only pens made from a fallen Audubon Park live oak. Try that pen out, you guys. It's one of a kind, except there are millions of them. You can buy one as well. It's an expertly crafted, limited edition writing instrument available only at nolapens.com. Look, Andrew's drawing a little tree. That's sweet. It's his old homeland that he wanted to express to us. Thanks, too, to Basics on Magazine Street, where you can get fine lingerie and a full range of fashion swimsuits as well as working, well as workout and yoga clothes with stout. Try the pen. And thanks to the Positive Vibrations Foundation who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage. The fabulous Joe Morris is here. Joe is a woman. That's why it doesn't have an E on the end, I suppose, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and Steve Walkup. Hey, and Steve Walkup is here <laughs> as well. Steve, how's it going? Is Joe an instinct, um, uh, distant cousin? Joe and I are not related, I don't believe. But C-Rock did Maybe. tell. C-Rock, what is the deal with this again? The word, you don't have a mic? Oh, that reminds me. We never did a mic check here at all, by the way. No worries. You that sound great. So, apparently, the, word, the, word, the name Morris, what did he tell us? It's the eighth most common name. Or 53rd most. Or 53rd, yeah. 53rd most common name in the whole of the United States out of 88,000 names. Huh. So that makes you feel pretty special. But talking of names, everybody's name here is, this is the best names of any show we've ever had. <laughs> Apart from you and me, Joe, who have a shitty common name. This is Steve Walkup. Which is the is that your one real million, name? Uh, yeah. most common name. Right. Mm-hmm. But Walk Up is your real name. Yes. Nice. And where does that come from originally? Uh, well, it comes from Scotland. Oh. And uh, when my ancestors came over, they couldn't figure out what the hell they were saying. And they couldn't spell it, so they spelled it Walk Up. That's great. But the real what spelling, were they actually saying? W-A-U-C-H-O-P-E, Walk Up. Walk Up. Ah. And that's Scottish? Yes. And it became walk up at Ellis Island. And there's actually like a walk up forest in the river and a street and all that okay. stuff. Okay. Which I'm going to in August. Nice. Where is it? Uh, it's like in Langholm, in that area like southwest part of Scotland. You been there, Andrew? I haven't been to that part, no. Andrew's been pretty so. much all over the UK with his guitar. Hmm. And that reminds me, we're playing three songs here today. Great. Okay, these guys are in a band called St. Lorelei. Is that awesome. pronounced correctly? So we're going to make them play two songs and make you play one song. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And so now we're moving right along. Here is the other person with one of the most awesome names on the show ever. Let's hear it. Danielle Del Sol. It's true. Oh, yeah. Wow. How beautiful is that? Thank you. Is I'm that Danielle of the Sun. Danielle of the Sun. Yes, is I'm that your real name or did you make that up? 
for stripping purposes. <laughs> classiest stripper ever. (laughs) You're not actually, you're more of a paint stripper. (laughs) Exactly. Very well done. Uh, uh Uh-oh. Looks like one of your kids fell off the chair. Oh, my goodness. Oh, dear. Well, that was a good start. (laughs) So Danielle bought her kids here. Oh, my God. That's good. These kids are drinking. I guess, (laughs) I hope that's only a poor little girl fell off the chair here in the bar at Wayfair. Oh, dear. Christian en route to the rescue, though. I think Christian, Christian's brought up a couple of little girls. Okay, so that looks pretty good. And Shane Tingle is here, which is also a fucking awesome name, right? Absolutely, yeah. What did you change your name from originally? No, that was my name. You were, born, <laughs> you were given the name Shane Tingle. Yep, yep. Okay, let's go back to little Del Sol Jr. What's her name? This is Helena. Helena Del Sol. What an awesome name. Great name. Her, her name is actually Helena Del Sol Green. My, last, my husband's oh. last name is Green. Okay. I refuse to take it. Yep. He's very understanding about that. I refuse to even let them just be green. Because of I the like co- my name so much. Because of the color? <laughs> no, because, you know, my name's Del Sol. Yeah, so you didn't want to give up your name because it sounds awesome. It sounds awesome. Yeah. So what about the, the love and affection you have for your husband and the... Fi- it's, Fidelity it's to his family. And we even have played with the idea of combining them, so becoming the Del Verde family. Mm. <laughs> nice. That's a great really, idea. It sounds more like a salsa, so we yeah. abandoned yeah. this. <laughs> that is a good idea, though. What about Del Sol Green? That does sound pretty cool, too, doesn't well, it? That's their, so that's their last That's their name. real name. Yes. Is and maybe one day I'll ask, acquiesce and become Del Sol Green myself. I like that. For now, Helena, I'm Del Sol. Helena Del Sol Green. And so little Helena probably has a bad headache now. I would have she hit the deck pretty hard there. What's she drinking? <laughs> a frosé. Frosé. <she's laughs> Helena's first frosé. Okay, so you're the, actually the executive director of the Preservation Resource Centre, which is a fairly prestigious organisation in New Orleans. I'm surprised that you wanted to come on this show, quite frankly. I'm honoured to be here. It's oh, awesome. like a blast. Yeah. What made you want to come and talk to us here today? Well, I am only the fourth executive director in PRC's history. We are a 45-year-old organization. And um, part of me being chosen as a new executive director was really a symbol to everyone that we're in a new new era for the PRC. So I want everyone to know what we're doing. So you're getting out of uptown and all that sort of stuffy (laughs) bullshit and you're going to actually reach out to the community. Exactly. And we already do that, but we just haven't told the community that in okay. ways that people have actually heard. So everyone thinks that we're a bunch of old ladies uptown, and it's not true. So I'm ready to, to tell the world what, okay. what we do and how we do it. What do you do, exactly? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. we roughly. Work, we work all over the city. So our mission is to preserve New Orleans historic architecture and neighborhoods and cultural identity. And we do that in a ton of ways. So we have an incredible magazine that we put out every month that talks about why our historic buildings and our historic heritage is so valuable. Basically, this is America. We don't have a collective sense here, generally, that old things are good. Hmm. You go to other places in the world and people more easily understand that their patrimony, their heritage is of value. But here, the new is good, the modern is good. But here in New Orleans, our our historic architecture is part of what makes us such a magical city. You know, you combine it with the music and the food and it creates uh, a city that could be only here and no other place. And that's part of why 18 million people come to this city. 18 million? Yeah, a year. That was the official tourism number last year. 18 million visitors 18 to New Orleans. 18 million tourists a year yeah. in New Orleans. It's and our a number city one of less than a million people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's vitally important to our economy that people continue to come here. And they won't come here if we don't look and feel like New Orleans. And so protecting our historic architecture is vital to our economy. 
And it's also a re huge reason why okay, so I you're the most, live here. You're the yeah. most important person in the whole city. Then. <laughs> you're responsible for preserving. I'd say the mayor probably has, you know. <laughs> well, she's title, the most but. visible, but <laughs> you're responsible for the preservation of New Orleans, and that's what we're whole, our whole economy is based on. That makes you the most important person in New Orleans. All right, I accept. How about that? <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Yeah, all right. I grace you with my yeah. presence. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> right. Rwanda, thank you for being here. I have a question. Does, uh, does the entity have a uh, Instagram account by any chance? Yes, we're wildly popular. We've doubled our following in the past year. Great. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm yeah. asking specifically because I imagine you yes. share like, pictures of yes. beautiful things and like, this used to be we whatever. Do. Yeah. We do. The, the handle is at PRCNO. Mm -hmm. um, and we do a variety of things. So, yes, it's so easy to post pictures of beautiful buildings, and people love that. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge reason why people follow us. But then we, we pepper in really substantive stuff, yeah. like, you know, historical articles about places all over the city yeah. um, and economic information about how people make money revitalizing structures, which is hugely important to us. Yep. And do you ever post a photo of, like, a poor boy or anything? Not really. I mean, we might. And you still have a lot of followers. I know, right? It's interesting because <laughs> it seems that most of Instagram is filled with photos of food. It's true, but he, but no. Once you follow us, you'll understand that beautiful buildings are such a huge subset of Instagram followers. Oh, that's interesting. And New Orleans is particularly attractive because of the tropical colors and the tropical foliage. So, so people are following you outside of New Orleans. Oh, absolutely. We oh, have a huge so. national following. Mm -hmm. huh, that's interesting. Steve, where do you live? What part of town? Uh, I have a place in the Bywater. Uh, is it historic? It is. It's an old corner store. The corner cool. part of it is Bywater Bakery. Oh, yeah. And then oh, my cool. place is on the side. And, uh, so you live right oh. next to the Bywater Bakery? Hello. Oh, is that better? That's pretty handy. You live right next to the bakery. Yeah. In the same building. So, so I bought the building thinking I was going to maybe live there, rehearsal space, whatever, and then I met my partner. And, um, and we did the bakery, and it's been awesome. So you own the Bywater Bakery? Yeah. That's your business? Yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting. See, this is why you should send me a bio, because I would have known that. <laughs> yeah. I sent a bio about the band, not me. Like, I yeah. I think I was that important. <laughs> so that's interesting. So, so the music, your musical career is parallel to your, ba your bakery business? Yes. I, thought, I always thought you were a drummer. I didn't know you were a baker. I've known you for how I, many years? I am have I not known? a baker. My partner's the baker. Okay, who's your partner? Chaya Conrad. Okay. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, and then, if I can say this, I would love to have her on my uh, late night talk show called Spotlight, cool. which happens once a, once a month at Cafe Istanbul. Oh, neat. You want, to, you want to invite Danielle on that show? Yes. What about yeah, me and Andrew and Shane? Yeah, what about us? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Why yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not interested in what, what, do you, what qualities do you need to have to be invited on Spotlight? Well, we have uh, musical guests. We have uh, interviews with people I thought you were the music. different. You were the, I thought you were the musical. I'm the band leader yeah, right. for the show. John Calhoun is the host. Yeah, and John yeah we've Cal had him yeah, on the show. Like, yeah, like, I'm one of the people that started it with John. Right. Okay. Like five or six years ago, whatever. And it's so, still rolling along. Yeah, and I, I'm surprised that Andrew hasn't been invited on that. I, I, you know, what, I, I don't know what I have to do here. You know? Really? <laughs> I've suggested it. Oh, it didn't pass well, the uh, muster. No, no, no. It's like, you know. <laughs> who makes a decision about who gets in what the music guest? Is that your decision or is it John? No, there's other people that. Okay. So it's like a team. you got to pass the board. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the people that go out and listen to 
the musicians and help pick who's okay. going to go on. Okay, so that we have to play these three songs here, so we have to get started on the music here. So this band St. Lorelei, which I admit for some reason I'd never heard of, do you guys play out all that much? No. No, that could be why. <laughs> we're fairly new, yeah. I yeah. just listened to it um, the last few days since I knew you were coming on the show. I'm absolutely shocked at how good it sounds. It's like a, like a real 4AD band from back in the day when people were really able to sing and write songs back in the Cocteau Twins and, and this Mortal Coil you remember those bands? Yeah, some of our influences actually I mean this stuff is really great, wait till you hear this I mean, unfortunately we can't play with the whole band here because mm. we're limited to what we can pull off but can yeah, we... this is like St. Lorelei unplugged mm-hmm. <laughs> so can we pull off any semblance of what it really sounds like here today mm-hmm. if we try a song I mean, we're going to do it no matter what. Let's do it then. We have Joe's voice, that's all I can. There we go. Yeah. So, uh uh-oh. That's all right. She's good. Helena. Joe's all green. (laughs) So, what are we going to, yeah, what are we going to play? I can grab. I think first. uh, (laughs) What exactly we thought had happened. Um, I think first I'm going to play a song called Farewell Transmission. Farewell Transmission? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Stole so the t- title from another song. So tell us something about how you got started in this whole thing. Like the St. Lorelei whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I moved to New Orleans maybe six and a half years ago. and. Uh, Where'd you move from? I was living in St. Louis. Um, I lived in New York for a little bit before that. I'm actually originally from St. Louis. Um, so I, like, I, left New Orleans, or I left New York and went back home for a little bit. And I came here. Um, and I moved here and started playing in a little duo called the Kentucky Sisters. Um, and uh, that's kind of where I sort of connected with Steve at some point. I don't know. I saw her play at the Circle Bar in the, yes. with Kentucky Sisters. Okay. Like, this is awesome. Like, beautiful harmonies. And they're both playing ukuleles, like old songs, new songs. Uh, but I had no idea that... Uh, what her real music was about till I happened to see her just playing solo at United Bakery for art opening. And she was just singing and sitting on her, this, this is how I remember it, well, sitting on her Fender Reverb, <laughs> like just playing like her material. Like, and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Joe, do you have a band? And she's like, no, maybe you could help me put one together. We had known each other for a while at that point. And I had hired the Kentucky Sisters to do parties and this and that. Uh, so it just started from there. It took us a long time, like two a year years. and a half, two years, before okay, we got so, the right people. Okay, so now you you put St. Lorelei together intentionally to create this particular sound that you've been... Well, did you have the sound in your head, Joe? No. Um, I mean, so I had uh, recorded an EP with my friend's band in St. Louis, um, and... I, some of the sounds kind of came out, with, uh, but honestly, I didn't really know what we were capable of. I didn't actually know any of these musicians that Steve pulled together. So, so did you have the? Were you the producer then, Steve? Do you have this idea, or did the musicians just do well, this? Well, once, once I heard her voice, I was like, I know who I want for bass, Marcus Bronson. And uh, the guitar player, there was two people that I thought about and Alec Vance uh, when I sent him when she did that recording in St. Louis I was like listen to this he's like oh my god are you really asking me to be in this 
And I said, yeah. And he's like, yes. Right. Okay. All right. You think that's a sufficient build-up, Andrew? Let's hear it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Farewell transmission. You can move anything around. So this is the guitar mic here, so let's right. try and so. see if we can get that to work. Joe. Joe Morris and Steve Walker from the band St. Lorelei. 
awesome. What did you think? That was Shame. incredible. I, uh, wonderful. Unbelievable. Daniel, what did you think of that? Gorgeous. What a voice. Man, exactly. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> and her, it's her songs. Really? Oh, man. That's beautiful. Joe, how do you feel? That's an intimidating gig sitting here around yeah. a tiny yeah. little table. Back <laughs> up, everybody. I feel my getting really hot. <laughs> <laughs> and we've never done like the cajon, cajon and the acoustic guitar version. And this thing you're sitting on is called a cajon, this yeah. box? It's like one of the oldest rhythm instruments. That sounds cool. Well, good job. Very nice. So we'll make you play another one a little while later. Mm-hmm. And can we steal the stuff off of uh, Spotify or anything at this point or what? Uh, you know, I think I don't know about Spotify. I know we have a band camp. We have some demos up. Um, we just did some recording a couple weekends ago with Mark Bingham. And I'm hoping to have an album out by the fall. So okay. Well, I that'll heard, be up somewhere. I heard, stuff on, <laughs> I heard the stuff on your website, stlorelli.com, I guess. Is it? Mm-hmm. 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 So the, yeah, I think those are the same ones that are on. St. Oh, yeah. oh yes, St. Lorelei. Good point. Not Saint. Where does the name come from? <laughs> uh, we'll see if Rock's got a theory. We'll see if he's right. Oh, really? <laughs> is it something to do with the Gilmore Girls? Because people always ask. <laughs> um, I, we were trying to figure out what we wanted. Lots of back and forth. Lots of mass texts. So many mass texts. Um, and I was looking up on one of these like baby name websites. I was like, death and destruction. And uh, Lorelei came up as a siren to lure sailors to crash into rocks. I was like, perfect. Okay. And then we added a saint. And Oh, that's it. Um, so yeah. Lorelei was a, something out of myth- a person out of mythology who's like a siren. Who- mm-hmm. The name of the mis- mystical mermaid who... Okay. Caused well, her cool. audience to crash into. The- okay, <laughs> well that's a bit different from Xerox's theory, but okay. that's a bit more, more romantic. <laughs> Talking of romance, Shane, we haven't even talked to you at all for one second. Hey man, that's okay. Okay, no problem. Well, let's just keep moving. We'll pass you right there. Then. Yeah, that's that's it. okay. Listen, we're going to take a quick break for this very second. We're going to take a quick break, Thomas. Hello, and we'll be right back with Shane Tingle and stories from Cambodia. Absolutely. Right after this right. very short break. And we're back with Shane Tingle, Danielle Del Sol, Steve Walker, Joe Morris, and Andrew Duhon, who's back in town after how many months have you been away? Like, it was like three weeks. Three weeks. It yeah. feels like a long time. <laughs> it feels like forever. How yeah. was the whole trip? I was great. Did I was uh, mostly pleasure. Maybe it was all pleasure. Oh, you weren't playing turned, anywhere? Uh-uh. No. I turned uh, oh 34 God. while I was out there. I uh, did some camping, some fishing, some, you know. Moving the pen along, hopefully, maybe some new songs or something. But uh, okay. yeah, it's good. Good. All right. Uh, leisure. Okay, well, that's time. good to know. Oh, yep. I thought you were out on your summer tour. That's not till. Uh, well, there's a couple coming up, but now that was. That wasn't it. Okay. Just leisure. That's nice. Oh, that's very nice. Okay, so Shane, I wanted to talk to you about this thing that I read about on the on your this bio that our producer Graham gave me. Okay. It says that you you have a an organization. You you're actually what do you actually do for a job? You're well, I worked for about 20 years, 25 years in the movie industry, and I right. started out. I did a few stunts, but I'm, mostly I did photo double. You're work. a stunt man. I, technically, yes, but I did more photo double work, just actor double work for Costner. I doubled for Woody Harrelson a lot, but Paul Walker was a super close friend of mine, and I doubled for him and stood in for him on a lot of films. Yeah. What does that entail? Standing in is. Uh, Normally when we shoot a film, we only shoot about um, two pages of dialogue in a day. 
So the actor has to do a rehearsal, they have to do a blocking rehearsal, and it may take an hour to two hours to set up the camera and the lighting and everything. Uh, so the stand-in will have to know all the lines, know all the blocking, know where he's set, did he answer the phone left hand, right hand. So he has to know all that stuff while the actor's in hair and makeup and getting ready. So it's more of a technical thing. Uh, the stand-in will, will do the rehearsal over and over and over to get it right. Of course, I'm not as um, good-looking or as a great actor as Paul Walker or Woody Harrelson, but I have to kind of totally know what are, I'm doing. Right? You're, yeah, you're minor <laughs> totally yeah. as good-looking. No, as no, well. but yeah. it, it led me to be able to hang out with a lot of famous people, a lot of good actors, a lot of just cool people, and, and Paul and I got to be super close friends, traveled a lot together, and did a lot of cool things together, yeah. Well, that was a sad story. Oh, man, that, that guy, I've worked with so many big names in film, and he was so un-Hollywood. That guy was just such a wonderful guy. And if you know anybody that worked with him, they'll say the same thing. Just right. so down to earth. Good guy. Do you have any talent as an actor yourself? Uh, <laughs> long pause. Uh, a little <laughs> bit. I mean, I, I can pull off some things, but I knew um, to go to, to L.A. and try to be a working actor, to be a working actor and really actually make a living at that, that's like playing center field for the Yankees. So I knew that I could go be a stand-in, a photo double, and, and film. And I knew a lot of film people. The first film I did was way back. I, I doubled for uh, James Woods in Ghost of Mississippi. Oh, wow. Okay. And, yeah, and I, and, and I got to know Rob Reiner, Alec Baldwin, all those guys like many years ago. So, all right. Yeah. So you're friends of the stars. Distantly. They kind of know who I No, no. Rob Reiner's a good friend of mine. Woody's a good friend. And uh, through the years, yeah, I've known a lot of people. But Paul and I were, were super tight. Yeah. Do you have any poop on Rob Reiner? Uh, Rob, Rob is a great guy, super cool guy, very intelligent guy, and just just a, just a warm, compassionate person. I can't say one bad thing about Rob. He's well, you, wouldn't, you won't be him, working man. again in Hollywood if you do. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's a good guy. Fantastic, yeah. Do you have any other questions about Hollywood people? Steve, do you know anything else? No, no. That was it. Unless he's got something on Woody. <laughs> oh, man, no. Woody, Woody is Woody's one of the most intelligent people that I know. That guy is super smart. Uh, comes to work every day, knows the stuff, and super healthy. And I'm a big health runner, mountain biker, rock climber, and Woody's uh, very, very health conscious. That's a lot for the planet also. I'm a big environmental guy too. So. I never knew that anybody would have a sort of a, um, an ambition to be a, a stand-in. Well, like I, you go to Hollywood to make it as a stand. No, 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 <laughs> no. That's not the deal. The deal was I worked for about 20 years, 15 years in corporate sales, and uh, I was really good at that. And dated the same girl for about 10 years, and uh, just didn't really want to get married and have kids. I just didn't think that that would make me happy. And so I'd worked hang, on a hang couple on. movies. Wait, just go back a bit. Did you say you dated the same girl for 10 years? Oh, uh, yeah. I hope she's not listening. And then, <laughs> and then at the end of 10 years, you said... I don't said, have a problem with commitment, I promise you. <laughs> what do you have a problem with? Uh, Children? But, no, I, I just knew that I wanted to travel. I wanted to... to I'd read books my whole life as a kid. I read everything about culture and, you know, traveling to Nepal and India. And I thought... Originally, I'm from Mississippi, about two hours from here, born in Texas. But I thought there's no way a kid from Mississippi can ever uh, grow up and do those things. And so I wasn't miserable in the corporate sales world. I wasn't miserable with the girlfriend. I just I knew that I wanted more. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to be an adventurer. And yeah, like so many people that work in the film industry, I, I worked on the first movie that came through town and kind of got the bug. 
but I was also a realist. I knew I didn't, I couldn't act for a living. Okay, so really you, a living. you were a normal person with a relationship, a ten-year relationship, and a career in sales. Yeah. And one day you just said, "Screw it! I don't want to do this anymore." Yeah. Well, it's I'm, not. I'm going to break up my relationship and quit my job. Uh, and go into the movie business and be a world traveler. Uh, actually, it sounds like that, but it's you know how things take a phase, and so different things have mm. to happen. But yeah, basically, that's what happened. And really, I, I took a, a did you have just some a leap sort of, of a faith. breakdown or uh, on the way here today? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, you didn't have any sort of. There wasn't a sort of a break. It just it was a gradual. It was just shedding a gradual thing. And, you know, and I, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I'm a big rock climber, and I just so was into nature and everything. And I didn't plan to, to go into Hollywood full time. And then the more I worked in it, it, it basically led me to work a movie three or four months, make money, stick money in my pocket, and then travel the world. And which which helped me with what I wanted to do anyway. How long ago was that? Did you start this lifestyle? Uh, about fully about 15 years ago. So you've been doing this for 15 years. You've been like a sort of man alone, yeah. out in the world, traveling around, doing whatever the hell you feel like. <laughs> yeah. And jealous? You a little jealous? Do you, well, I was. You know, who wouldn't be? Do you have a relationship with a with another with a with another girlfriend now? Uh, you know. Boy, that's a whole nother show. When you can yeah. look at uh, <laughs> one my, in each city. My, my so many girls that I dated were like, you know, go do your thing. I'll wait on you. And then I'm like, you okay. don't, you don't want to wait on me because it's, it's just. This is sounding familiar. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. This is Andrew's lifestyle. Used to be like this. Yeah. Until yeah. he met the right person, now I was fall in love and settle down. Yeah. Well, that's what happened to you. That's what they say. Yeah. That's but, what all the Cambodian. I have some Cambodian friends who basically have read, you know, psychics and stuff. Just friends of friends that say, 2023, you may get married. And I'm gonna be like, well, I'm gonna be on an island somewhere by myself. A Cambodian psychic told you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably gonna happen then. Well, you, so you never spend know. spend a lot of time. So this is what I was trying to get to. I didn't know there was all this other interesting stuff about you. <laughs> so you've got this organization, which is called, is it called Every Drop Counts? No, it, the name is Aquashare. Aquashare. Uh, so why does it say Every Drop Counts? Well, because that's what? our website, okay. www.everydropcounts.us. Everydropcounts.us is the website, and it's yeah. called, the company or whatever it's called, the organization is called Aquashare. Aquashare, yes. And you can say this, explain this better than I do, but you dig water wells in Cambodia. Yeah, it's crazy. I was rock climbing in Thailand around 2000 and just on a whim we, we we flew from Bangkok to Phnom Penh and took a boat up the Mekong River to a little town called Siem Reap to see this old temple called Angkor Wat and at that time dirt streets I knew nothing about Cambodia but the, the it was crazy we took these dugout canoes up this it was like something out of apocalypse now seriously these kids were drunk jumping in the water swimming out to our boat just to touch our white skin I got to Cambodia and was just blown away by the compassion of the people. I had no idea. Any, I knew I'd heard of the killing fields. I'd heard that a dictator named Pol Pot had executed, basically, they say three million people. They think it's more than that, at least half the population from 1975 to 79. And he killed all the smart people first. So I didn't realize that the first time I went. I, so this is a whole country full of stupid people now? Oh man, come on now, the, the Cambodian what? people. But you know what? They, you, I see the trick. <laughs> I didn't say I that. See, you I, said. I see all the. Well, they did. They killed all the smart people first. And there it is. It's it's a tough thing to see the difference between Cambodia and Thailand and Vietnam. About 
it was so bad there. The people, and you got to understand, Kampuchea, Cambodia is thousands of years old. The elder people are writing the history of the country down and burying it, hoping one day, generations later, would find it to know their culture. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of culture there, but basically the, the trickle down of that today, most villagers make with between 70 and 80 cents per day in, in the rice fields. And they say up to 9 million people in Cambodia don't have access to fresh water. And, you know, we see these kids here today. And think about these kids. These families drink stagnant pond water. That's what they drink. The moms will dip the in green what we see here in Louisiana, stagnant. And, and so the mortality rate for kids up to five years old is just astronomical. We found a way. I was, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to produce a film over in Cambodia, but uh, I ran into an actor. Uh, his name is Savin Philip. He's a Cambodian actor. His wife, Chove, they're kind of like the Brad Pitt and Angelina of Cambodia. But I, I you ran into... You could be a stand-in for him. Uh, maybe, you know. <laughs> Do you have to look Cambodian? Camera's to... a little out of focus, but we found a way to, uh, for, to build a freshwater well for these villages for $575. We can provide fresh water to that village for life. How do you know how to do that? Well, Philip, I was very lucky because Philip had, uh, he's a very famous actor over there. He had been building water wells for about a year. When I, the, the way I fit, met him, I just threw a friend of a friend. We were doing a screen test from several actors. I met him and the last day, I mean, the rest of the crew had flown home to the States. I was there just hanging out. You gotta understand, I'd gone to Cambodia for 20 years trying to figure out how to make a difference in Cambodia. And the last thing I talked to Philip, we did the screen test. We said, we think you're perfect. Of course, with film, you know, we're still waiting for the $2 million to shoot the movie still today. So anybody want to be a film producer, let me know. But Philip said, hey, I have a little, uh, you know, maybe you want to build a water well with us. And man, I jumped on that. And at that point, I just came back to the United States. I would work a movie. People knew that I'd go to Cambodia so many times. And I started talking about water wells. And you know, it's, it's the crazy thing is, is if you donate money to an organization, maybe it feeds one kid, maybe it does something one time. This literally is water forever. We have an ironclad guarantee if the, if the well ever dries up, we go back and we re-drill the water well for free. Okay, listen, let me so, ask, ask you this then, I and mean, that all sounds great. So you've got basically people living in these little villages Yep. Of, I don't know, how many people live in a village? 1,000, 10,000? What size are they? Uh, it just varies. Uh, yeah, you may have... Uh, most Cambodian families are very big. Um, so okay, normally so 10 or 12 people. There's tons of people. They're sitting around there all day. Like, I guess they're not employed. They're only making 80 cents no, they're a week. In, no, they're the thing about that, people, people in Cambodia do not sit around. They work okay. all day in, in okay. the rice fields. Why can't they dig a well? Well, one reason they can't is because it's so much sand there in Cambodia. They would try to get 100 villagers together and dig down, but the, it all caves in on itself. So, so what so, do you know about digging wells that people in Cambodia, why couldn't they do that themselves? Well, we have, we have the, the money uh, of the $575 that we provide the water well. 90% of that cost is the metal pump head, the old style pump head itself, okay. which they would never be able to afford that, even if they put all their money together. It's cheap to do. I mean, we just, we drilled down about 50 feet. The Mekong River is fairly close to there. We dr dil drilled down about 50 feet, PVC, concrete, put the pump head on it, and we built 700 wells in about two and a half years, and we've had three that dried up in, in, those, in those two years. Yeah. 
Can we do a concert fundraiser? Man, you know, that's one of the things that's so crazy about this organization is we've we've just, it's so small. We've literally got, you know, two people doing every bit of this. So anything that we can do, man, would be fantastic. Is it really just two of you for it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's just two of us. And we actually hire, uh, in the early days, we dug the wells ourselves, Philip and I did. Now we hire the rice field workers and pay them a good wage. Uh, so it's like they won the lottery a lot of times because they're, you know, we're building all these wells and it gives them a job to give back to the community. This is totally worth not having a girlfriend for. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty amazing. So you've dedicated your life to this, really. You know, people say that and they want to thank me so much, but here's the thing, and as a mom, you can understand this. Um, to see a child drink clean, fresh water for the first time or take a bath, because they're used to bathing in scum pond water, and to see the relief in the parents' eyes at the fresh water, uh, hey, man, that's payment enough. That I mean, it cool. really is. That is really cool. Wow. So if we want to help you out with this, we go to... What it's called everydropcounts.us. Yes, www.everydropcounts.us. Uh, Five hundred seventy-five dollars gets you a freshwater well. We'll sh- I'll shoot a little five-minute video introducing you to the family. It's always me. Uh, and yeah, it's the five hundred one. We should be able to raise five hundred seventy-five dollars, shouldn't we? We yes. should. I tell you what, you should do. We should come do the show there. Uh, to I'm happy, going, I'm happy going hour back. Cambodia. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? It's a great idea. Yeah, man. It's what's in the, the budget, right? What's the airfare situation to Cambodia? You know, uh, it's a 26-hour flight to Cambodia. 26 But, hours. you know, but honestly, I could tell you it's not that bad, but it's that bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm used to it. I go just about every other month now. Do you? Yeah. Wow. And, uh, we well, how much does it cost? Uh, plane ticket out of Houston or Chicago is uh, probably around 900 It's come down. Norm, you know, for years I went, it was $1,500, $1,800. Now it's about $1,000 to get you over there. So it's almost two wells worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just depends. Uh, in the early days, I would do a movie, and I'd, and I'd fly all the way over there to build three wells. And now this last time we did 56. The wow. trip before, we're doing 40 this time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Danielle, you're too signing much water up. here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, good yeah. point. Maybe we should yeah. send some. <laughs> okay, we're moving right along in our music plans here. Andrew Duhon's going to play us a song. Mm-hmm. And then what are we doing after that? Commercials. Okay. No, we did that. All right. I think we did, we yeah, did, we did done enough commercials. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about something to do with the preservation resource. Sounds nice. Center. Do you have a good subject to mention? Something about paint? I have one song to figure it out. Ooh. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay, Andrew, what are you playing? I'll uh, play you something new. All right. You see it left, I see it right So you go your way, I go mine Until we both lose sight it was never black and white The truth is somewhere undefined Some shade of gray that's hard to come by It takes a piece of your heart It takes a piece of mine But I don't need you to bleed for me See, we both bleed the same color See, we should take care of each other. See that we are blood brothers. 
Steve. Awesome, beautiful song. Joe. Gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Man. Danielle and Shang, what are you? Beautiful. Great message. Thanks. Unbelievable. So Great voice, man. Pretty Thanks. high standard around here. What's happening with this mic? It's about a, it's about a relationship that went wrong recently. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness I was worried there for that's got some uh, that's another good one. Thanks. Appreciate it. Do you yeah. like it? Yeah, it's a draft. I think uh I could hear some tweaks as it was passing by, but right. you know, whatever. That's the first time you played it? That's what I'm here right. for, just yeah. play something just new. try it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I liked it. You can hear it sort of like a sort of a band behind that. You, can, you want to produce this one? Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes, good idea. You got ideas? <laughs> I got ideas, baby. I was dying to start playing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you had it? Yeah. Totally. It was right there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you can. You play along, you know. It's sort of... Yeah, it's loose in here. It's loose, yeah. It's unrehearsed. You yeah. want to do another verse and chorus and play along? Here it comes. Okay. Right. Steve, you're on. You see it left, I see it right. Black and white. Blue, blue, blue. Cool. Okay. <laughs> That's got some potential. Yeah. I, I hear it more sort of rocked up than that. Oh, you, you want a double yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. Don't you, Steve? You know what I mean? Sort of like. I think that's going to work out. 
It's going to work great, baby. Yeah, nice. <laughs> have you done a song with Josh Stockman yet? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. to, to promote Breakfast. Oh, that's we did right. One, yeah. God, mm-hmm. I love that guy. Yeah, he's nice. He's this guy. Have a great day, guy. Yeah. Have we had him on? Yes. That's great. Yes, I'm when sorry you were, I while that. you were away. Yeah. We have to have him back. We should. I, do you know this guy? Have you done a song with Josh Stockman? Have a great day? Yeah, you guys should do that. I don't know that. Oh, my God. He does a song with all kinds of New Orleans musicians. And it's, uh, it basically is him smiling and ending with saying, it's, it's hard to describe. Yeah, he's really. just doing like the ironic, overly happy, overly positive thing. He's like a, he's like a positivity vomit uh, <laughs> act. And, uh, but it's, it's uplifting. And the thing about it is he's a really talented jazz guitarist. Uh, and he can play with anybody. Yeah. And he can just stand there. With, we, he sits there with just the shit-eating smile <laughs> that you can't possibly believe in, but he's playing right. beautifully yeah. to these other this, whoever it is is music, you know, and playing along and tells you to have a great day. And then you do. Yeah, and I was surprised when he came on the show because he's, he's kind of serious about it in yeah. a way. He's serious about spreading music around the world. He's not a stupid guy. God, you know? no, he knows he's what he's smart doing. and yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I, I thought it was just a goof, but it's actually he has a, some yeah. sort of a... A positivity message behind it. Yep. And it's really working because it's the music is great. Oh, it's awesome. And thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of people watch these right. all these views click up. Henceforth a great way for local acts to yeah. you know promote themselves through right. Josh's channel. So. Saint Laurel Eye, for example. Definitely. We can hook you up for that for a very small yeah. fee, Steve. <laughs> okay, so PRC, what did you think of to talk about during that three minutes of that song? Well, since it's it's somewhat in the national zeitgeist right now, I thought I'd talk a little bit about Buddy Bolden and our recent effort to help save his house. Ah, yes. that's nice. Okay, Buddy Bolden was? He was, some consider him to be the father of jazz music. So in an era when, you know, jazz was really, there were jazz bands, but not as we know them today. That's what they would call popular bands that would play at clubs for people to dance to. And Buddy Bolden was kind of the the biggest thing out there, the first sort of pop star as we would think of it locally, um, and his whole deal was improvisation. And so he brought that to jazz music, and that is, of course, what defines jazz as we know it today. He was a trumpet player, right? Yeah, cor- I think it was cornet and then okay. trumpet. Um, and so he was very famous in his day, and he's res- remained this mysterious character because there's no known recordings of his music. There's only one known photograph of him. And he went mad and was institutionalized, and that's all we got. So he was so popular that, you know, oral history of him has been passed on to this day, and we know him as this legend, but we, none of us have ever actually heard him. That's so wild, yeah. It's pretty wild. amazing. Well, there's a whole movie about him, actually, now, though, right? Right. It just came out. And so we've been working um, for months with... Um, the musician P.J. Morton, who is a drummer with Maroon 5 and an incredible... No, I'm sorry, not a drummer. He's a, a pianist. pianist player, a think, pianist, yeah. thank you. Um, and an incredible musician in his own right. He just won a Grammy um, for his album Gumbo Unplugged. And he is the son of the pastors of the Greater St. Stephen's um, Church, which was founded in Central City and now has campuses in New Orleans East and Atlanta. And the church happens to own the Buddy Bolden house, and they didn't know this until after they purchased it. They purchased it because it was adjacent to their church, and so they own that house and a few others and some lots. And um, Where is this house? It's on First Street in Central City, right off of Simon Boulevard. And so um, it's 2309 First Street is the address. Okay. 
And so when jazz historians sort of uncovered that this was a house that Buddy Bolden lived in for so many years, you know, there was a huge groundswell to try and save this house because it was just an absolutely deplorable condition. Um, and unfortunately, there was nothing done. And so jazz historians and preservationists yelled at Why? the church for a very long time. Why didn't the church do something? They had other priorities. God, Jesus. They're expensive priorities. Money. I don't know. Um, they have done incredible work in the community, and so why did they buy the know, house? Were they going to knock it down and put a parking lot there or something? That's what people were really worried about because it's next to next to it is a vacant lot where something was clearly once there right. and is now a parking lot, and so the the huge concern was that it would be demolished. So they probably bought this with the intention of demolishing it, and then someone like you came along and shamed them into <laughs> not doing it. So do they still own it? They do, and luckily we are getting to work with them because we didn't shame them. Um, there was a lot of shame going around, and we stepped in and said, we want to help. Um, and luckily, PJ said yes. And, and the, his parents kind of handed him the house, from what we understand, um, because PJ hatched a plan to use the house to better the community. And so the house and the house next door to it, is going, they're going to be revitalized, transformed into a recording studio and a seminar space. PJ's whole thing is that um, he's an incredibly talented and successful musician, but he could never find representation locally. He always had to go to Atlanta or L.A. to actually do the business side of the recording industry. And he thinks that's wrong, and he wants to teach people how to own what they create, Well, we've talked for a long time in New Orleans about the fact that we have a music, so much music and no music industry at all. Right. So that would be a great thing if right. someone came along and actually did that. Yeah. So what's the hold up with putting money into this thing? He's got tons of money and his father owns a church. Yeah, I'm what's... not quite sure, but he's, um, I think he's trying to find the right partners okay. to, who will so invest in the So what's your part of this? So our part of this was that we have kind of helped light the fire <laughs> underneath to really kickstart it. The city of New Orleans helped when they started citing the house for violations and said, we will start fining you daily if you don't fix this house. But because we'd been working with them, we were able to say, okay, we'll help you figure out how to fix this house. Is the movie going to help you? Yes, absolutely. The movie has helped bring national attention to Buddy Bolden, and the timing of fixing his house is just quite perfect. So what would anybody listening to this do about it other than just go, that's interesting? Is there any way of getting involved? Do you want people involved? Yeah, absolutely. We, you can go to our website. You can donate towards this effort. Um, we can find it on Instagram at PRCNO. Correct. And you can also go to PRCNO.org. .org. That's okay. our website. All right. And um, just spread the word. This is an incredible jazz landmark and a site of incredible African-American heritage in our city. And too many of those are knocked down. All the time. It's a pretty interesting story. Good choice. Thank you. Good nice job. One. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. St. Lorelei, people. What about another song? What are you thinking? Joe? Uh, so, Joe, what do you do the rest of the time when you're not writing these songs? Um, I do hair. You're a hairdresser? Yeah. I work at a salon in Mid-City called Sweet Olive Salon. Sweet Olive? Mm -hmm. And you have your own chair there? Or are you an employee? Mm -hmm. or, so I, you have... I have my own chair. So you can come and go your, and I could cut, you your cut my hair. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Could you color it as well? Oh, yeah. So do you do, you do coloring and cutting? I do. I heard that that was two completely separate things. Yeah, they are actually. I mean, a lot of a lot, sometimes salons will have you specialize, but I get to do both. She's multi talented. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you get to be? Did you set out to be a hairdresser? Mm -mm. You stumbled into that as well. Yeah. Well, 
of all the many things I stumble into. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I used to always cut hair since high school. I went to a boarding school and um, you, have... Your parents put you in a boarding school because you're in trouble or because you're smart? No, no. <laughs> um, for, for dance, actually. For dance? Yeah. Are you into like an arts dance school? Mm-hmm, yeah, I went to a... Which um, one? It's like called Fang. Walnut Hill. What's it called, sorry? Well, I've actually heard it described as fame on acid. But fame on <laughs> acid? Nice. That's nice. A good wow, I think we're finally onto something. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what's the, why is it called fame on acid? Uh, um, well, there are a lot of people doing drugs there. A lot of other people doing drugs there. You, weren't, you didn't do any drugs there? <laughs> no. How did you avoid that for the four or five years of high school? People are doing acid at, at high school? Hell yeah. Is that <laughs> really? Did you guys do did you do rocks in high school, Shane? Danielle, did you? No. No, yeah, are you? I didn't get there, no. 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 I've never Steve, you were doing I did, but I didn't inhale. But you're smoking weed. <laughs> so you're dropping acid. Thomas I'm not Thomas I'm not, was a big I'm acid swallow. I've never done acid. You never actually. did it. Really? Really? What did you do? I, oh, can we do she danced. Yeah, I danced. You're a dancer. Okay. All right, so the score was called Fame on Acid. Yeah, yep, exactly. Right. And you, have you written a song called Fame on Acid no. yet? No, it's a good idea. It's a pretty good title, though, right? Yeah. It's a good album title, actually. Yeah. It's got fame and acid in it, mm-hmm. and a preposition. Okay, so what are you, you going to play? Uh, this one's called Wish. This one's, it's, a, it's an old one of mine that I actually I, I brought it with me to the band. Um, but we we still really love playing it, so we play it today. Okay. We've made it our version. It's called Wish. Wish. Okay. Yeah. Check it out. Same, the same. 
screaming in the background. Didn't you? you didn't hear that? No. That was, I was embarrassed for you, but thank God you didn't hear that. That was beautiful. Oh, Incredible. God, what a oh, voice. A great voice. Shane, what do you Unbelievable. think? Unbelievable. Unbelievable, yeah. You could hook these people up with someone in Hollywood, couldn't you? Uh, we'll talk after. We're sure, yeah. sure. I think you got it. I mean, it's amazing. You guys are awesome. Couldn't you hook them up with Woody Harrelson and doesn't he have a house party once in a while? <laughs> Yes, he does. Yeah, he lives on Maui, so next time I'm there, I'll, I'll oh, talk shit. to him. Nice. That would be good. We could totally go to Maui and Cambodia with you. Okay, we have to get the hell out of here talking about going to Cambodia and, and Maui. Thank you so much, Shane. So if we want to find you, we go to everydropcounts.us. Correct. Thank you very much. It's for been me. a pleasure to meet you. Man, fantastic. Thank you. Amazing. And, and I love New Zealand, by the way. I have just got back from there. It's one of my favorite countries. The first country in the world to give women the right to vote. There you go. And what year was that? Uh, I think no it was like idea. 18... No, what was it? It was 19... You're something. from there. You I, should know. I, I remember learning it in school, but I can't remember what year yeah. it was. Yeah. I want, it is a great country. Beautiful. Well, thank you for being here. Thank and you. And thanks on behalf of everybody in Cambodia and around the world for everything you're doing. That's pretty oh, fucking incredible, isn't it? Thank you very much. It's sort of humbling to meet these great people like this, Andrew, isn't totally. it? Totally. Yeah, doing good things yeah. instead of, what the fuck are we doing with a yeah. stupid podcast, right? Really? I know. No, Nothing. No. Well, I guess we're introducing a few no, more people yeah, to right. Shane, Maybe. so we've done something. That's right. But congratulations and thanks for mentioning. Thank Danielle Del Sol Green has been here as well. Thanks for with having me. With your two awesome little kids. Yeah. Helena and Marina. That's right. Gorgeous yeah. little girls. Thank you. And very well behaved. I only had one accident. <laughs> I'm very and that's lucky. Jill Lafleur, uh, your surrogate parent, talking to them. <laughs> and Christian Unruh, our music consultant and director over there, helping out. So thanks for being here. Very, very nice to meet you. And PRC made a good choice. Thank you. That's I heard so that kind. they had like a nationwide search. They did, yeah. And they, well, they chose they the person in the office seven feet away. Oh, really? So, yeah. Is that right? Are you were yeah. there all along? I was. I was the editor of our monthly magazine, Preservation in Print, for several years. Oh, my God. Yeah. So how funny. Very, very yeah. cool. Well, congratulations. That's Thanks. a good gig. Thanks. And Joe Morris and Steve Walkup from St. Laurel Island, who we can find. Can we find you playing live anywhere, by the way? I'd love to go see um, this. Well, we're... People are in and out over the summer. We're trying to figure something out. Hopefully, something in the fall, like in September. Uh, we're looking maybe something at the Always Lounge. Jeez, you better come up with a better okay. answer than that, I think. Steve, have you got something well, more uh, public relations The thing is, is, we're focusing on the album and okay, getting all the overdubs. Okay. And okay. That's the way to say like, it, Well, okay. we just recorded that's with Mark Bingham, who has a couple of Grammys. And, you know, okay. He's Piety Street in Exile, as I call it. <laughs> Joey, if you want to try that answer again, 
No, I'm done. I'll just take his. <laughs> okay, we we'll just go over that. Okay, so you're concentrating on an album which is coming out on the fall. That's oh the key thing. It's beautiful. So I advise anyone to go to St. Lorelei, stlorelei.com, and check out the music that's up there in the videos. It's absolutely beautiful. Congratulations on everything that's going on there. We look forward to hearing that record when it comes out. Andrew Duhon, thank you so much for being back here. Good to see you, dude. It's great to be back. Today's show has been brought to us by Nola Pans, the only pen made from a fallen Audipan live oak tree. Not just this pen, but all these pens that this guy makes. Check them out at nolapens.com. Thank you to Basics on Magazine Street and the Positive Vibrations Foundation who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture and heritage. And if you'd like to be a member of our Patreon family, go to patreon.com and search for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And for as little as $1 a month, you too can be a part of our Happy Hour family and get exclusive free stuff. Correct, Asher? Right. Thank you very much. Today's show is produced by Graham DePonte. Our associate producer is April Stolf. Our music producers are Monique Pyle and Christian Unruh. Our technical director is Thomas Walsh, and our Facebook Live feed director is Asher Griffith. Andrew Searock. Searock is our fact checker and social media connector, and our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show, and you can sit upright for about 60 minutes while drinking alcohol, drop us a line. Our address is on our website, it's neworleans.com, where you can also check out many other happy hours that we've made previous to this one, as well as some other shows we make here at INO Broadcasting, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tooker, and our award-winning podcast about death, called Death the Podcast. Joe, you would love that. You should check that out. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la, and you can keep up with us on a bunch of time-sucking social media, like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, on all of it. We're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on on our It's New Orleans Facebook page and on our Instagram feed as well. These photos are all taken by Jill Lafleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment, if you have one, to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can follow us and get Happy Hour delivered to you each week. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Fred Street in Uptown, New Orleans. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon, everyone else around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at INO Broadcasting. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week for more Happy Hour.